Homesteads and Homeschools as part of the Liberty Hippie Podcast Network. If you like what we do, be sure to check out This Week in Liberpods, Peace Freaks, Cannabis Heals Me, and Free Markets Green Earth. We're living proof that libertarian doesn't mean washed up Republican. Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome big, welcome small, tall, and everyone in between. Welcome you guys to Homesteads and Homeschools. I am your host, the Liberty Hippie, here with you for episode number 79. I should have some math joke for today, but I don't. I don't, because I don't tell jokes, I guess. I don't know. I'm not, not very good at it. So, why math, you say? Well, uh, my guest today is, uh, is an author. But uh, he's an author of some math books. And, uh, and of course, it, it spills over into other fields, as you will hear. Um, but yeah, my, my guest today is, is Dr. Stanley Schmidt. And uh, he is the author of the Life of Fred series. Um, so you know, most of you homeschoolers uh, out there are, are familiar with uh, the Life of Fred series. If you're not, go check it out. It's a great way to... Get your kids to to buy into math, to uh, see some of the math concepts out there, and and how they are actually uh, applicable to to their lives. And I really I encourage you guys to go check it out. But don't go check it out until you've listened all the way through. So uh, let's let's do it here. Let's do it now. Let's go sow those seeds of liberty with my guest, Dr. Stanley Schmidt. So my guest today is uh, Dr. Stanley Schmidt. He is an author, among other things, and uh, he's on today to talk about some some books that he's written, some books that uh, hopefully a lot of you are familiar with. I know I know a lot of you are familiar with them. So welcome to the show. <laughs> welcome to the show. Um, thanks for thanks for coming on, Dr. Schmidt. I appreciate it. So, for you... So, there's a thousand different directions you could head with this thing. Which way would you like to start? <laughs> so, um, I guess way, way, way back in the beginning, I guess. Did you, I assume you went to um, public school of sorts? I did go, I did suffer under government schools, yes. <laughs> All right. All right. And... Um, you went on from there and, and went on to uh, to college and did all all that. And then after college uh, and getting my degrees, then I started to get an education. It happens in that order. In the three and a half years it took me to get the bachelor's degree, you know, you study courses and the rest. But now, having graduated from college and gotten the advanced degrees, it is so much easier to get an education. Um, Day by day, I'm retired now, and um, I read so 50, 60, 70 nonfiction books a year in all kinds of fields. 
And whatever I'm excited about, that part I start to read about. Um, and there's no tests, no <laughs> exams, and no homework, and no term papers. It's a glorious time. And now I get my education. Yeah. It, it's uh, While I'm not retired, I, I have found that uh, after my my four years were up, after my six years were up there, um, that that's when I, I actually found the time to sit down and read the books that I wanted to read and, and delve into the topics that I wanted to delve into that, that really I had buy-in, you know, it was important to me. So, but, uh, so, um, what, what prompted you to, uh, do your doctoral work and what was, what was that in? Uh, in mathematics, okay. my PhD in mathematics. Um, that's because I got my bachelor's degree in math and my master's degree in math and you know <laughs> i didn't want to get my my doctorate in italian literature or something <laughs> right uh, i i figured i figured it was but um i just just wanted to, to make sure there all right so um and what did you end up doing with that were you a professor did you work in the, the field somewhere oh uh, well, it's almost a reverse kind of order i'll start at the beginning um at the month i turned 22 uh, I was a full-time high school teacher, which is fairly early because there's 18-year-olds running around in the school. You wear the tie and you look as, you look as old as you can. Um, and in the first semester I was teaching, um, I drew Fred on the blackboard. Uh, and I just, you know, that, that came, here's Fred. Uh, I didn't know much to do with him, and uh, over the space of the three years I taught in high school, uh, you know, I'd tell little stories like Fred goes fishing or something just to tie it in. Uh, and then I spent 11 years teaching at the college level mathematics, uh, and gradually started telling more and more stories about Fred. Uh, by the time I was near the end of my teaching career in, at the college level, uh, in, for example, the second semester of calculus, where we have lots of applications, I began the story with Fred being born. And my when I was driving my it was fourth grade daughter off to school every day, I would tell her the same stories I taught in the second semester of calculus, except, of course, excising out the calculus part. Um, at the age of 36, I retired, uh, never have been employed since, and uh, headed off to an A-frame in the woods outside of Santa Rosa on six acres. And 18 years after I retired, my daughter, who was now <laughs> no longer fourth grader or the rest, phoned me up. And you know how kids can be very delicate with their language? Uh, she said, Dad, before you die, you should write this stuff down. <laughs> I had never thought of writing things down. I had never known any authors in my life. Uh, and you, you sit at the, a blank computer screen. Uh, ooh, ooh, what's, uh, what's the margin supposed to be? Uh, what's an ISBN number? How do you find a printer person, a printer company? You know, it was a, and that's how Life of Fred Calculus got written. Okay. Took several years. So, so Life of Fred was something that kind of, I don't know, I guess it was, it was there from the beginning. That's interesting. I, I would have expected that it, uh, 
kind of came afterwards after you'd kind of, you know, had some time in the field and experienced some things and, and done it. But that's a, it's an interesting, interesting story. I like that. So well, I had the experience of teaching right, calculus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I feel, you know, um, I don't know, like, like years of, of kind of putting together, seeing how things work and, and all that. But apparently it, uh, it worked. It works. So. <laughs> well, I had the experience of seeing how it put together in students' heads. And I wrote all of the, the books that I've written. Uh, basically, for, I would like it if I were a student, getting inside of the student's head. And one of the important things that Life of Fred has to offer is a motivation. Uh, in all the books from like the beginning arithmetic book up through say calculus uh fred lives his ordinary everyday life he experiences a need for a piece of mathematics and then we do that math so that in uh like third semester calculus uh fred is standing in a buffet line with his friends and he experiences three needs for excuse the language hyperbolic trigonometric functions, whatever that means. And then we introduce the topic uh, so that all the stuff is motivated by a need. And this is in contrast to almost all of the other math books that are out there where here's the procedure, here's 30 problems to do to pound it into the kid's head. And then you go on to the next topic. And kids understandably hate math because of that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I um I was pretty good at math until about I think I it was I think I took pre calc in like eleventh grade and then I, I just kinda stopped and uh I look at it now and I'm like that that was fun. Like I, I enjoy doing you know, some of that the, the math stuff now. Um but it was it was just I didn't enjoy it. And I think part of that was because I didn't see its functionality in like my day to day life, you know, um, a lot of that stuff I didn't see. And so, and that's one of the things that I, I really appreciate with, um, the whole life Fred series is that you see that you get to see little, little bits and pieces of how, how this is actually applicable to, to life and not just pages in a textbook. Um, so really I, I appreciated that that aspect of it. Um, and I'm sure you had that in mind when you were putting it together. Um, I'm curious what, what actually prompted you to, to give birth to Fred? Like where, where did that idea come from? Was this just something that, you know, new teacher and you're, you're freaking out in front of the, the chalkboard and you scribble this guy up there. Was it something you'd been, you know, bouncing around in your head for a couple of years or. I teach e easily. Uh, and I didn't freak in front of any of the any of the you know students and the rest. When I was teaching college, everybody else in the college level would put a limit on the number of kids in their classroom, you know, twenty five or thirty five. And what I told the department head is, do not put a limit on my kids. I'll take as many as you've got to give me. And they eventually stuck me in one of those big auditorium ones uh, because. The word got out that I'm the fun one to learn from, and secondly, I'm not going to close off the class. If you need, you know, trigonometry, I'm here for you. Yeah. So he was always just kind of. How, how did you come up with with the 
with this this Fred character? Why why did you? I have no idea. <laughs> like now, you know what his name is, right? Fred Gauss. Yeah. And it, it was fun in the classrooms. I used to ask the kids at either the high school or the college level, um, "Can you name uh, name some composers, music composers?" This is in a math classroom, and they would say Bach and Beethoven and Verdi, and I'd name some baseball players, and they'd name baseball players. Name a mathematician, famous mathematician. Silence. Uh, um, uh, one guy would say Einstein, and I'd say, no, he was a physicist, not a mathematician. Uh, people don't know even the names of any of the mathematicians. There are three most famous mathematicians. Uh, the third most famous is Archimedes from the old Greek times, the ancient Greeks. The second most famous, you know, one who produced the most mathematics was probably Isaac Newton, who invented calculus, along with Leibniz. The best mathematician, according to most mathematical historians, was born in 1777, and his name was Carl Friedrich Gauss. Whoops, that's Fred Gauss. I like that. I like that. It's a, it's, it's, an under, it's a it's a joke in the back that people don't understand. You know when they hear about little six year old, five year old Fred. Yeah, yeah, I can hear that. So, um, your your daughter kicked you to get this going, put him down on paper. Um, did she have any? Do you know her her rationale behind that? She just thought they were good stories and wanted them down. Did, did she was she needing some of those to teach her kids, or what was she doing? When you have kids, you can't ascribe rationality or or background to a lot of the things they do. It was just an offhand comment by her that changed my life. I'm I'm right now working on my sixty sixty first book. I was going to say, because I, I, I know there's so many of them out there, um, and they they well, that's, there are sixty of them out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they uh, and they range from you know pretty basic, I, I guess, on up to where they get fairly complex. It sounds like I, I we're just kind of well, let me, working let me on answer the, that question. Yeah. I've written beginning reader books. For kids that are learning how to read, you and I learned in the government schools, you know, Dick and Jane and their and their kitten Puff and the rest. And you see, you know, see Jane run, Puff, Puff, or whatever else. Uh, and those books, when you look at them, hardback, full color, 16 pages, and they charge you about 17 or $18 a piece for them nowadays. So I wrote beginning reader books, 32 pages. Full color, $6 a piece. Mm-hmm. And I wrote them in a story with Kingy, uh, with Fred and his doll, doll, doll Kingy. And they go on an adventure going out to a lake and back again. But I teach a lot of stuff, even for the beginning reader stuff of, you know, how to plant fruit trees, uh, what it means to, to, to have a... Uh, electrify a house with what an electric meter is, everything, uh, what it means for true friendship. All that stuff gets stirred into those 18 books uh, at a very cheap price. 
So even the beginning readers. Now at the other end, I have written five books at the college math level. First one of which is is calculus, two years of calculus. I'm working on my sixth college math book. Uh, and then I've done everything in between. And four English high school English books, a high school chem book, a book on prayer. Uh, so I, I probably got some other ones, but I can't remember them offhand. Uh, but there's all that kind of stuff. And the other one that is most important for a high school high school seniors and adults, probably the most useful one other than the book on prayer, is called Financial Choices, in which I teach everything that the government schools and the parents never taught about what it is to to deal with money. Uh, it is nice enough to have enough. I saw enough when I was a young kid of guys in their 50s and 60s and 70s who the biggest heartache in their problem was in their life was that they didn't have sufficient money to, to live reasonably. And so we address, you know, the five ways of, of, of where you put your money. Oh, we invest. I have one nasty chapter on interest rates and how to compute them. That's the only math one there. And I have the favorite chapter that many people have is a chapter on how to retire in 24 years. Which means if you start at 20, you end at 44. Now, I've got the credentials there because I retired at 36. It didn't take me 24 years. Uh, you know, so I've, I've got that kind of background there. So Financial Choices is, is the one book for happiness. It's the most useful one. You use that much more than you use trigonometry in your everyday life. <laughs> I, I remember, you know, I was probably I was probably a sophomore in college. Might have been a little bit younger. But just, you know, thinking about my my high school education and how little I actually learned about real financial basics. You know, like I, I know some of the stuff that my, my parents have, have instilled on me, saving and investing and stuff like that. But, you know, you look around and like nobody's, no guidance counselors are there teaching you about interest rates. And yeah, this loan is great. And you'll be able to pay for college, but uh, you're going to be paying for it for 30, 40 years. And it's going to be at 6% and what, what that actually means to you. Um, and it's some of those things are just mind blowing that they don't tell you. And so I, I to check that out, see that, see what that's all about. Um, well, I did that, and and that's a hardback book. I priced it at nineteen bucks, just so that people would not have the hesitation, you know, to invest in something. And I even talk about a little bit about the important financial choices of of choosing the right spouse. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's in the, uh -huh. they've interviewed millionaires. Uh, one of the two or three most important things in their lives was getting a spouse that aligned with with reasonable expectations of doing stuff right. Yeah, I, it's uh, it's something I I feel like I, I remember my mother saying something like that. Um, I don't know if it's just the age that you are when uh, when all that sort of comes about, but it's always I think I feel like it's probably one of, one of the last things you're thinking about, you know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. so some people are are uh, gifted enough to to think about that when they're others not not so much, but um, yeah, and I. I, I Want to say that because I noticed when I was on the web on your website, um, 
kind of looking at some of the, the Fred books, um, you know, we have a few of them and uh, I want to see what else was there. And I noticed that you had all those other books, um, you know, in the, the reading books and stuff like that. Um, so I guess, did those come later after you started the Fred series? Uh, was that kind of, when did, when did you start? Do- Fred series. Well, when did you, uh, like, when did you break I, away from the, the sort of math specific, um, yeah. Well, I'd done the calculus, then I did the high school series, then I did the elementary and inter and junior high school stuff, and then I did some the English and wrote the book of 104 pages of 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 prayers that will change a person's life is what they're designed to do, um, and I, it just. I saw a need in those spots along with the, with the math and, and put them together and wrote them. Good deal. Mm-hmm. So where I had two reasons to write life of Fred books, the mathematics. One is to instill a love of mathematics. And the second one is to teach a lot of mathematics. The life of Fred series, as far as I've been able to determine over the last, last couple decades, has more mathematics in it than any other homeschooling curricula out there. More than Saxon, more than Matthew C., more than any of the other guys. And it's, I think most, I, I feel like 90% of homeschoolers know, know Life of Fred. Um, if they aren't familiar with it, they've at least heard of it. Uh, so, And they haven't heard about it because of the advertising. I haven't spent a dime in advertising at all. And the Life of Fred series has sold to every state in the nation and 72 foreign countries. Nice. <laughs> by word of mouth. That's impressive. That's wild. I even got an order from Eritrea. You ever heard of the country Eritrea? I, I've, I've seen it written. Um, I think only <laughs> because it's like, have you ever heard of this place kind of thing? You know, it's like so random. But. That's exactly it. <laughs> when we first got the order from that one, I said, whoa, you know, it's in Africa, uh, right below the Sudan. But, uh, you know, they heard about it somehow or another. That's wild. So did you, you said the website, let everybody know it's one word, life of Fred, one word.com. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'll put that in the show notes, of course. And you can mention that again here in a bit um i'm kind of i'm curious so you, you I may mean, you school is important to you you went on you got your your phd you went into the the public school and then on to college you were teaching there and then you decided to write some books that i i feel like are no are, i retired well <laughs> and it was 18 years later his okay. daughter phoned me <laughs> all right so there's there's a, a break off in there i guess so um I feel like they're, I mean, they're, they're, I would say they're directed at, at homeschoolers. I mean, it, there's nothing to stop a student in, you know, a public school from reading it, but I, I feel like, um, you know, it's, it's used in the, the homeschool community. Was there, was there a reason for that? Did you, was, when you were writing this, were you thinking, okay, this is going to be like a homeschool curriculum book that people can use or what were your, was that anything that crossed your mind? The audience was anybody who wanted to learn mathematics and appreciate math. Um, the 
people, you know, when I was homeschooling my daughter, and this was back a zillion years ago, uh, the homeschooling was not done much at all in the 1970s. <laughs> Think about that. Uh, but uh, we did it. And I, I, I was a single dad with a single daughter at that time, which sociologically is an unusual yeah. configuration. But one piece of fact that daughter writes on her resume nowadays was the fact that she graduated from high school at the age of 13 and a half and entered college. And because you could homeschool at whatever rate was appropriate for the kid. Um, and she graduated from UC Berkeley at the age of 20, beat her dad by a year, uh, because, you know, she had the, she, the homeschooling worked. Uh, I'd be happy to have any government schools or private schools use Life of Fred. Uh, I had the, the worst one of all was the one charter school that ordered a, uh, a classroom worth of Fred books and then returned them all. It's too religious. Uh, <laughs> that's because the dedication page is to the greater glory of God. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. What's the motto of this country? It's on every coin is in God we trust. Uh, and there's no preaching in the books, no gospel or anything like that at all. Uh, but they were so anti-religious that they couldn't take to the greater glory of God and had to get them, toss them back. Um, we live in a, in a society that's much different than the one of, of 40 years ago. Yeah, yeah, you got to... Always on eggshells, that's for sure. Um, so, curious, you're. Uh, I like it when you say you're curious. That makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the prayer book that you wrote. Um, where did those come from? The the. Oh, that's easy enough. Uh, I was in church choirs, adult church choirs, from the age of. 13 onwards, because I was tall enough, and I was a tenor, and tenors are rare. Uh, and, oh, half a dozen years ago or so, uh, the end of church choir, the uh, minister, or the, not minister, the choir director, rather, would turn to me and say, Stan, would you lead us in a closing prayer for a minute or two, or a second or two? Uh, and so I wrote, uh, it took me about a half an hour for each of these four or five sentence prayers, to um, to write it down, memorize it, uh, and then I put them together. And uh, but they're not prayers like you hear. The you know we beseech thee, O God, <coughs> to vouchsafe to us <coughs> and all of the stuff that's there. But we can talk about prayers that um, of mud and broken glass or. God, you are not the wimp that hides behind the wallpaper. Or, you know, the laughter of grandchildren. Or mud, melted butter over potatoes are some of the phrases in that book. Uh, it is different than the prayers that you hear, you know, from almost everywhere else. And people would, you know, tell me, I thought about what you said, Stan, all week long <laughs> after that choir closing prayers. Good. I, I like that. Was that um, so? You you did some 
I don't know, preaching, I guess, right? Is that? I, I would call it preaching, yes. So on my web, personal website, uh, I mentioned that, not on the lifeoffred.com site, but I have preached at Sunday morning services over 40 Sundays worth uh, in Methodist, Presbyterian, Congregationalists, in a whole bunch of different denominations. I've been the, the Sunday morning sermonizer. Uh, one of the recent prayer, um, not prayers, sermon titles was "Does God Laugh?" You know, interesting. Uh, I don't know. You get all kinds of responses from that. Uh, but I go to the Bible, and there's one spot in the Bible that answers that question. So that was the kind of fun stuff. Like all of these things, life itself should be fun rather than than the drill and kill of math. Yeah. Yeah, it should. It, it should. Um, <laughs> should for sure. But so, uh, I guess homeschooling your daughter, um, putting together all the the life of Fred um, and all, all the other stuff there. Um, did your did your religion, did your faith, play into that, or was it sort of separate and they came together, or how did that go? My whole life is dedicated to the greater glory of God. And that means that all of the parts uh, of, you know, of, of, of living, and it doesn't have to be religious. Jesus wasn't religious. He had this, his most biggest fights were with the clergy. <laughs> that was the people he called bad mm-hmm. names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but just to live gloriously and uh, with all of the, the parts, uh, you know, are, are all motivated with... The one of the most undefinable words. I mean, in the book I'm writing now on complex analysis, whatever that is, it's up there in math. Uh, we deal with the definition of holomorphic, whatever that is. Uh, but I mention after I give that definition is we have lots of things that are hard to define, like virtue or character or love. Those are very difficult to define uh, other than by just sort of giving examples. Um, and so th- that's my life is, is, is it attempts to be uh, with a smile and laughter and a song and, 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 and being grateful for all I've been given. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to step back and, and, I think no matter no matter where you are, there's always something to be grateful for, thankful for. You just gotta gotta find it. Gotta gotta actually think about it and, and know stop. It's enough that I have enough. You know, the striving. I do life of Fred financial choices, and one of the things in there is <laughs> having enough that you don't go nuts your whole life. You know, just chasing the almighty dollar. Yep, yep, and that's a that's a tough one. I think to. To swallow in today's world of you know everything flashing in front of you, but uh, you you know you can get out there, you figure it out. But um, when you, what made you homeschool your daughter? She was sitting there in the eighth grade government school classrooms, and she came home after a week or two, and she says, "Dad, there are kids in the back of the room." This is 1970s, which was a whole, you know, much. The kids in the back of the room with earphones on, and 
And I said, that's not possible. She said, Dad, you come and look. I went and come to look. And there were the back of the classroom with the earphones on. And the teacher didn't care because if they didn't have discipline problems, which they weren't having, they were listening to earphones, uh, that was fine with her. Uh, and, and then Dad says, we got to do something about it. I said, well, what, what are we going to do about it? I can't stop on earphones. She said, Dad, you've got you to do something. And I said, well, um, how about going to college? And she says, well, Dad, you have to have a high school diploma to do that. And Dad said, after a couple minutes of thinking, okay, I'll print you up one. <laughs> and daughter says, Dad, you can't do that. She's much more honest than I am. And, <laughs> okay, we can't do that. How about a GED? Do you know what a GED is? Yeah. yeah. You do? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> well, she's 13, and to get a GED, we looked into that, you have to be 16 years old in order to take the test. <laughs> Can't do that. So we looked around all different kinds of ways. There was no much education stuff. We found in, this is bad to say, but we found it in the inside of a matchbook, an advertisement for uh, high school correspondence courses through a place in Connecticut, uh, wherever Connecticut is. Um, and dad, daughter says, okay, let's do it. Now, here's the trick if you're a parent. The thing, the, the whole, the ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade courses cost a total of, are you ready, $600. Uh, not, not too bad. <laughs> that was a lot of money back then. Not too bad. That well, was a I guess, lot of money yeah. back then. Back then, yeah, okay. Uh, when I was teaching high school, my take home pay take home was four twenty five a month. Okay. So you know stuff yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I said to daughter, "Okay." Now I was worried that at the age of thirteen she'd get the ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth grade courses, and after two weeks, say, oh, "I don't want to do it." Right. So I said to her, "We'll do it. You buy the six hundred dollar series." And to finish it, and I will pay you back. Then it became her education rather than my imposing Oh, uh, She thought for a day or two and says, okay. We got the uh, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade uh, courses, four or five courses per year. Uh, and oh, she, you know, all the books were <laughs> more than filled the mailbox. And she said, Dad, uh, can I stay home today to do uh, this uh, high school stuff rather than going to school? And I said, okay, we'll make a deal. This is more parent stuff. You do like the kid pairs for it first, and then pay, you pay her back. The other one is the trick of, okay, there's the deal. Five hours of seat time where you're sitting and studying, and we have a clock to measure that stuff on and off stopwatch type thing. And I will write you a, um, a, a, a what do you call it, excuse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Doctor, doctor's note, yeah. It, well, the excuse. And she said, okay. I wrote the excuse. I said, please excuse my daughter from school yesterday um, and then sign my name. No reason, no health, no lies, nothing. They bought it. <laughs> because all they have is either the kid is in the classroom or they have an excuse and they get paid their government money. 
the average daily attendance business. Uh, next week, daughter says, can I have it do it again? <laughs> I said, sure. The third week, she said, I would like to take off on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and stay home and go to school on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I said, sure. Going to school, government school, Tuesdays and Thursdays, she was able to continue getting all A's in all her classrooms. And on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, she was zooming through all of this correspondence course stuff which wasn't a heavy-duty uh, high school curriculum at all, uh, but it gave you a diploma. And so she worked in October and November and December, and it passed the ninth, the 10th, and the 11th grade classes. And so by the age of 13 and a half, she had a high school diploma uh, and headed off to the junior college. That's great. That's and great. of course, you know, she didn't, at 13 and a half, you can't drive. So I would drive her to college every day uh, since I was had been long retired since then and take courses, not in classes that she was taking in, but my own one I wanted. And she did junior college first and then transferred off to Berkeley. Uh, so that's the story of the, <laughs> what can be done when you go around the system. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. I love it. Love it. There's always always a way, some way there. Gotta find it. But uh, I appreciate your your time today. Um, Can I talk a little bit more about why Fred is a decent thing? Life of Fred is is good to buy. By all means, yep. Go for it. <laughs> uh, now we've talked about the fact that it is comprehensive, that it's got more material, but it is clear and it's designed really for self study. It is also durable. These books, as you got them, have uh, gloss laminated covers and Smythe sewn bindings, which are bindings where the papers don't fall out, so that these things will last for all of the the the, the all of the kids and and the grandkids uh, for homeschoolers. Uh, and lastly, they're cheap. Uh, I price my books at about a half or a third of what all of the competition charges because I'm not in it to make a buck. I've given you the two reasons I wrote Fred was to teach a lot of math and to instill a love of math. But I, this morning, I, I Googled up uh, some beginning algebra books. My book is $39, beginning algebra, 39 then uh, I looked at a bunch of other ones that were listed this morning. Uh, and Sherry Messer Smith's beginning algebra is one hundred and sixty nine dollars. Yeah, not thirty nine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Toby Slater, Crawford, and Blair, four authors, got together and they're working on their ninth edition, and theirs is one hundred and sixty five dollars. Beginning algebra with two authors. Uh, it's $197. Beginning Algebra 6th edition by Martin Gray Gay is $134. And then the 9th edition, the 9th edition, uh, oh, wait, two more. 4th oh, edition of, of Julie and Nancy and Molly is $202. And lastly, 9th edition of David Gustafson lists at $324. 
I'm 39 bucks. That's crazy. I, and I, I pay the postage. <laughs> I'm willing, willing to bet to you that they are not as, as engaging. Uh, I assume oh, they're more textbook, textbook, uh, you know. Open them all, open any beginning algebra book and they all look alike. Yeah, that's, that's one of the things that I love about Life Fred is that like it, it is different. Um, it offers that, that unique perspective spin on, on math. Um, and it gives, gives the I've kids had something. one complaint. Uh, uh, for, oh, actually two complaints. One of the complaints that a couple of the mothers had expressed is if my kids continue to read Life of Fred, many of them are going to be declare themselves as math majors when they get to college. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, is that so bad? <laughs> it's better than being an anthropology major than being unemployed. Oh, man. <laughs> the other one, which really wiped me out once, one mom complained to me. She said, uh, my kids want to read Life of Fred in the morning before we read the Bible. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but those are the complaints I've had. Good good, good complaints to have, I guess, right? <laughs> so if, uh, if people... Wh- where can we find these books? I know you have Life a couple Fred. different websites. Um, okay. No, that, no, that's the only website, lifeoffred.com, and it has six boxes. The center box is ordering, and that takes you right to the one, the one distributor that distributes to everybody, other vendors, people in the world. The 8,000-square-foot warehouse, um, and uh, they ship to everywhere in the United States without any charge uh, for shipping. Uh, so lifeoffred.com, go to the center box, it says ordering. And in the other boxes, uh, it's, it has sample pages for most of the books. It has descriptions of all of the books. Um, and it has, I had one box that was dedicated to raves that I received. And it went on and on and on. for. So I have two boxes. One is raves and the other one is more raves that just go on. No one, I don't think, has read all of the bo- all of either one of those. There are so many of them that are out there in that those boxes. So that's what you do. And your your the other books, um, I guess they're all on there. Huh? Is the prayer book and stuff oh, on the, that website too? Upper okay. left hand corner describes all the different books and what's in each of them. The lower left hand corner of the nine boxes, it's like tic tac toe, uh, gives sample pages uh, for all of them. I know I saw it all, and I wasn't sure if it was the Life of Fred site or maybe your personal site or whichever one, but I knew they were all out there. So. Well, no, my, my personal site is StanleySchmidt.com, and that describes you know my, my history in television uh, production for five years, where I did uh, – Stan now considers all things dealing with 16 major academic topics – uh, and uh, there's another one on, on poems I've done, a little one on, on some of the little bit of oil painting that I've worked with, all the kinds of personal kind of things. Okay. Right. But it's lifeoffred.com. It takes you to the, to, the, to the homeschooling books. All right. I will put that in the show notes so people can go check that out. But uh, thank you. Thank you for your time. I, uh, I appreciate it. You're welcome, Ben. I'm glad to have you.
Hey, I am back. I hope you all were settled in, comfy, and cozy for that episode. I hope we didn't have any any Roman numerals out there just milling about aimlessly. Hope you were able to to settle in and concentrate. And uh, yeah, that was my math joke. If you you didn't catch that, I hope you did. Go back and listen to it again. You'll hear it that time. Hey right, guys, uh, thank you for for sticking through. Um, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that as, as much as I did. Um, Dr. Schmidt was uh, very accommodating and, and very kind. It was an enjoyable conversation. And uh, wish I wish I had more time to, to talk to him about his experience homeschooling his daughter and, and all of that that went into it. But um, not, not today. Go on the website. Check it all out. Uh, there are books there. Books, books, books galore. And uh, I've personally only familiarized myself with uh, more of the math side of, of life, Fred. Um, but after talking with, with Dr. Schmidt and uh, having an idea of, of who he is, what he is, um, I'm definitely going to be looking into some of his other stuff because uh, I think it'll be right right up my alley. And uh, I trust his, his motivation, his vision, um, his content. So go check that out. And go leave a review on iTunes. Go check out patreon.com slash liberty hippie and uh, throw, me, throw me some support that way. And if nothing else, go to homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash Amazon. Click through that fancy little link when you go to Amazon and then go buy your stuff. And then, you know, I get a kickback and there's nothing to complain about that. And go, uh, last thing, go go over to Keybase and uh, get yourself in that group. You can find that link in the show notes. That's good. Good conversation. Good talking. Good, good stuff like that going on there. Anyway, guys, that is all for today. Hope you all have a, a wonderful week in front of you. July is almost over. I guess we're in the, the throes of summer, but um, soon enough it will be. It'll be fall, and we'll be here. So appreciate your time. Appreciate your thoughts, and uh, let's get out there. Remember to. Uh, Sow those seeds of liberty. We can all reap sheaves of freedom together. I'm gonna ride us his dream. I'm gonna ride us his dream.